You are listening to Daily Grind Podcast, episode 422 with Joel Kaplan. Today's episode is brought to you by Wix. Now, there's a lot of products and services that I bring you on the here on the Daily Grind to hopefully help you live a better life. But for me, Wix is something that I have actually used. If you go to dailygrindpodcast.com right now, you can check out the newly designed website that I built from scratch using Wix. This was the first site I ever created by myself because in the past, I've had to pay someone else to build it for me. I've had to go through that back and forth of asking for something different just to end up at the end really unsatisfied and having to put up with what I had. Using Wix allowed me to design and customize the site exactly how I wanted it. If you're super creative, you can design it from scratch. Or if you're like me, you can start with one of the amazing templates, which gives you a really solid base to build off of. And then from there, everything is automatically optimized, whether it's desktop or mobile. Honestly, it's just super simple to use, easy, and anything you don't know, there's support and videos there to help you. To make this even better, they have built-in SEO, so you don't need to be an SEO expert, or you don't have to hire someone and pay someone either in order for your business to get recognized online. Now, of course, I'm not just going to rave about this amazing product and not share it with you, so if you or someone you know wants to create an amazing website All you have to do is go to wix.com forward slash podcast to get started today for 10% off. Again, that is wix.com forward slash podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, we are joined by Joel Kaplan. Joel is on a mission to make money and make a difference. Joel made his first million online by 26 Joel runs a successful multi seven-figure agency and also coaches other agency owners on how to scale their agencies to seven figures. Joel's motto in life is to make money and make a difference. Financial power plus impact is the ultimate way. Today on the podcast, Joel shares some amazing information that will truly help you whether you're starting or you have a business right now. So be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back and really dive deep in today's interview with Joel Kaplan. Well, Joel Kaplan, welcome to The Daily Grind, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, man. Of course. And uh, Joel, for the people out there being first introduced to you today, if you wouldn't mind just kind of speaking a little bit as to who you are and what it is that you do. 100%. So I always start off with my mission, and my mission is to make money and make a difference. I believe that both work sync and when you're making money and growing financially, you're able to impact more people and really change the world. So always like to start with that. Yeah. And I think it gives people a really good and deep sense of who Joel Kaplan really is. That being said, uh, what I do and when really my work every single day is I run a seven figure marketing agency helping local businesses grow uh, with Facebook ads. And the reason I'm so excited to be on here is because I was stuck in my nine to five for a few years and I had that dreading feeling of knowing deep down that I'm meant for something bigger, that I'm meant for something better, that I'm meant for something greater. And for, I'd say three years, I actually let that feeling eat me up and I didn't do anything. Wow. 
And then finally, I met my business partner who I'm very grateful for, and he gave me the confidence to really go for it. And now, you know, looking back, we're do our agency is doing over $250,000 per month. I get paid to go speak around the world and help other entrepreneurs grow their marketing agencies. And, you know, the, the best part about this is not only do I have the ability to impact others, but I have the freedom to live life on my terms. So definitely excited to uh, dive into that story and just share a little bit more with you today. No doubt, man. So what job were you doing at that time? Great question. So my first job out of college, uh, I was actually ready to start a business and my dad begged me. He was like, Joel, please get a job uh, before, uh, before you go and start your own thing. I think he just knew that I was destined to fail if I just started off right in entrepreneurship, uh, given some previous experience starting businesses in college that were total failures. And then what I did is there's a personality test called the disc profile. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. No. So if anyone goes to TonyRobbins.com slash disc, I'm not an affiliate by any means, but you can take it for free. And uh, it's a personality test used in the corporate world. And my job for the first two years was to go around uh, the country to schools, public schools, and just help students and teachers um, understand themselves better through this personality test. What's crazy, and part of the reason why I believe in making money and making a difference is that we were always running out of money and it was one of the most stressful job environments of my entire life. And then I actually ended up quitting and going to work for a billionaire. And wow. I, which one? Yeah, so, I, so the mortgage family, okay. we were the family that took Cisco, like Got Cisco you. networking system. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Took them public. Wow. So, so yeah, billionaire with a B and, uh, the, I, I, what I did is I came on as the director of marketing for them and, and uh, after about a year, I remember seeing Carrie walk into a school. Carrie Mortgage is the, is the founder of the Mortgage Family Foundation, and she handed a teacher a $500,000 check. And that completely opened my eyes, and I was like, look, Joel, if, if I really want to make a difference in the world, I need to stop thinking in black and white. Like, it's either getting filthy rich and being like, having Lambos and having a jet and all this shit um, versus like being a pure like um, ethical person where you just focus on good and you don't focus on money. And that's when I had this light bulb go off and I'm like, wow, I really need to focus on getting as rich as humanly possible and just do it with a good intent and do it with a good heart so that I can actually take that and go out and make a difference in the world. So... I love it. What was the biggest, you know, what was the biggest thing you learned working for a billionaire? Like, what was that one thing you're like, I took that shit with me. I still use it to this day. Uh, great, great question. Um, I'd say the, the two things that just came up right now is always seeing every single situation as an opportunity. Mm. So actually, before we recorded, I, I told you that today we were, our, our business was hacked and yeah. someone uh, spent like $35,000 on our credit cards. And as I was going through this emotional roller coaster, I'm like, how can I see this as an opportunity for growth instead of an op uh, just a moment of panic where I don't get anything out of it and where I don't evolve as a human being and ultimately evolve as an entrepreneur. So one of the things that working with a billionaire taught me is every single thing that happened 
whether they had to let go of the CEO that managed the foundation or whether they had to, uh, no matter what issue was happening, they were always seeing it and framing it as an opportunity for growth. And then the second thing that comes to mind is an insane and almost obsessive focus on relationships. And the way that I've been able to take that into the marketing world, and one of the reasons why I grew my marketing agency to seven figures so quickly is because I became a master of building relationships. So a lot of people are like, well, Joel, how do you know so much about sales? How do you know so much about marketing? How do you have this winning ad campaign? How do you get everything, every single resource that you'll ever need? The truth is, it all comes down to who I know. So I'm not actually a master of marketing or a master of sales, but I am a master of finding the best people at marketing. I am a master of finding the best people at sales. And this is definitely something I learned and picked up on from working with a billionaire. I love that, man. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of people who are listening to this who have that same feeling, right? They, they want that wealth. They want that money in their lives, but it hasn't come to them yet even though their attention is somewhat on it, like they're sitting there and they're thinking, I need to make this effing money, like this has to happen, I'm not in the right place. Like what would you say to someone like that who knows that they need money but haven't gotten it yet? What are some things that, that they need to be doing right now in order to get that right? It's a great question, man. And to be honest, like when we started the marketing agency, the first, if you actually look at our income, the first six to 12 months, was pretty flat and then we have this like hockey stick growth effect that just happened and took us to the next level and what I see in a lot of beginner entrepreneurs that are still in the beginning of their journey of starting a business uh, two things that they need to do is number one every single day you need to ask yourself is what I'm doing getting me closer to a sale if yes continue doing that activity if not take a step back and make sure that you redirect and are focusing on an income generating activity. And the reason that I share this is because when I first started my agency, I remember spending like three weeks on a freaking website. <laughs> not saying one week, not two weeks, three weeks. Been there. And it gets, it gets worse, man. One time I designed a sticker, a freaking sticker that I put on my computer on the <laughs> So that when I, when I would go to coffee shops, people would see it on the back of my computer. And I did not get one conversation started from that sticker. But I think I spent like, I don't even know how many hours, but you, yeah. you don't want to know the answer. Um, <laughs> or even like business cards. I remember spending hours designing and moving the logo up and down and up and down. And the reason that we do this as entrepreneurs is because it's easier for our brains to focus on those tasks than it is to focus on the income generating activities. And as human beings, we always want to deviate to what's easier. It's easier to stay at home than to go work out. It's easier to uh, watch Netflix instead of reading a book. It's easier to sleep in instead of waking up early. And I think the same thing happens with beginner entrepreneurs. It's easier to build a website than to put yourself out there and try to get a sale. Yeah. It's easier to spend three hours going to a coffee shop and working on your logo than it is to spend the morning going to a networking event with local businesses where you introduce yourself to everyone and schedule meetings with them. It's easier to uh, design a freaking sticker than it is to pick up the phone and start cold calling. So the very first thing that I would do if 
I had to start over again. And what I recommend to all of my students is if you're still between zero to 10K a month, this question should just guide everything you do. Am I getting to a closer to a sale? If the answer is yes, continue. If the answer is uh, no, stop what you're doing, redirect, and make sure that you're focusing on an income-generating activity. I so love that. It's so simple, first, but... I have it, one more, but I'll yeah, yeah. jump in for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. I love it. Okay, cool. You got me on a bit of a rant, and I've got my coffee here, so now I'm just getting <laughs> excited. Um, the other thing that I see a lot of entrepreneur beginners, uh, another mistake that I see them making is that they have insane... And when I say insane, I mean like awfully insane, shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And I think it's really important to understand why we have shiny object syndrome in the first place. And just to give you guys an example, when I first started, uh, I had a Shopify store while I was at my nine to five and I sold hammocks and I sold t-shirts and I sold a bunch of other crap. And when I think when things got difficult, my brain immediately starts to look at other business ideas. When things got difficult, I immediately looked for other outlets, other ways of making money. And the reason that was happening is because it's easier to follow the dopamine rush that comes up when you start something new than it is to stick through the tough time, which every business goes through at the beginning that is required to go through in order to actually start making crazy amounts of money. So um, it wasn't until we actually said we are only focusing on a marketing agency, we are only going after one niche, we are only going to be focusing on one service, and we are only going to be running one form of advertisement for all of our 170 clients, which we have at this point, um, that things really took off. So what happens is most beginners want to have all these backup plans in their mind and they want to be, they want to have a Shopify store, a coaching business, a marketing agency, maybe even like run a brick and mortar business yeah. on the side as well. And they want to have all these things because it gives you a false sense of security. It makes you feel like you have all these backup plans, but in reality, it's all an illusion and you're only lying to yourself because the only way to have security is by going all in on one thing. Especially, this is my last point, when you're just starting out and you don't have the financial resources or the know-how to do multiple things at once. So, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are listening to this and you hear my dog screaming because she agrees. Yeah, she's giving us some props. <laughs> but, I mean, it makes so much sense because... I've been through it. I think every single person listening to this podcast is either going through it or has been through it or will go through it. And it's difficult. Like it is, and you could probably admit to this too, like it's difficult not having that shiny object syndrome because when things aren't working, you're always looking for like, okay, this isn't working, you jump or I'll pivot and I'll do something. But it's like, how do you know for you, Joel, how did you know that, the niche you were going into, like that was it. That's where you were going to put all your attention to. Oh, that's a fantastic question. Um, and I'd say like, of course, everyone goes through that, uh, that feeling of like, oh, I just want to switch yeah. the business or the niche because it feels easier and 
the chemicals in your brain are telling you to go do something easier rather than stick to something that's harder but will ultimately pay off in the long run. My rule of thumb is that you should stick to something for at least six months with full commitment and very definitively know deep down that it's not shiny object syndrome while you're pivoting before you pivot. So a story that I love to share is me and my business partner actually signed a, we printed a contract and the contract said that if either of us had shiny object syndrome and try to switch businesses or niches or, uh, you know, our direction for at any point in time within six months, whoever decided to switch would lose full ownership in the business. Wow. And we printed that document. We signed it. We put it on the wall in that. Uh, sorry, since we signed it, our business grew from like 30K a month to over $100,000 a month, I, I think in like a matter of like 90 to 120 days. It was something just absolutely wow, that's ridiculously crazy. insane. Yeah. And the lesson that taught me is that if you, if you don't stick to something for at least six months, it's impossible for you to really see the results of your actions because everything in life has a delayed effect. It's not like you just send out a bunch of cold emails to a potential uh, client and then now you have the client. It doesn't happen instantly. And um, the way that I like to explain this analogy is thinking about like putting a bag of popcorn in the microwave. As soon as you put the bag of popcorn in the microwave, it doesn't just start popping and there's all of your popcorn ready to go. It takes true. time. And most people don't give things enough time to see the true results and the true effects of their actions. And they don't hang tight long enough to capitalize on what I call the popcorn effect where things really start to pop. So to kind of wrap that all up, what I tell all my students is give something at least six months and go all in like your life depends on it. And then if it's still not working, that's when you can stay, take a step back and, um, and really just see if there's a strategic pivot that's needed. I love it, man. When you were starting out, like when you and your partner decided to go all in on this, you put the contract up on the wall. Was there someone that you were mirroring? Like, was there someone like you at the time who was helping you and sort of guiding you or maybe someone that you could model? That's a great question, man. You have some uh, pretty good questions. I love it. <laughs> um, and then uh, what I would say is this. I am a huge believer in investing in coaches, and I know you are as well. And I know that it's, for me, it's like the ultimate cheat code. Yeah. And it's like when you play video games and you have a cheat code, then you can move faster, do cooler stuff, and essentially gamify and, um, and game the system, right? And me and my business partner are huge believers in that. And I, we also believe that the first person you always need to invest in is yourself, uh, then into marketing and sales, then into your team infrastructure systems. But it all starts with you. And in that first year, we, we invested like $35,000 um, in, uh, in all different kinds of coaches. So to wrap that all up, I would say there wasn't one specific person, more so that there was a lot of different things we picked up along the way to come to that realization. Yeah, totally. And, you know, one thing, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, like when I was starting out, like I invested a whole bunch into coaches, but I felt like looking back on it, I invested in the wrong coaches. Mm. 
You know, like I was looking and it almost came from a point of that shiny object syndrome where someone would sort of like promise the world and then you sit back and you're like, okay, I'll drop this. I remember I spent like $7,000 once. And to me, like at the time, that was a fuckload of money and, and still is if you're spending that on someone. And to this day, like whenever I invest my money or something, or if someone wants to come for me to coaching, right? Like the way I kind of look at it is like, this is hard work. There's there, you, you have to put in the work first and foremost, but here are the guidelines and here are the guidelines for you and for me. And if I feel like I'm going to charge someone 5,000, I have to know that I am going to make them 5,000 plus or else to me, it just feels like I was that guy back three years ago, spending that amount of money and didn't get anything out of it and sitting back on fuck, right? Like what are your thoughts on that? Dude, you're preaching to the choir. Like, right. One of the reasons I actually went into coaching and, uh, I'm, I'm investing very heavily in the coaching spaces out of this hate for the marketing industry yeah. of all these people just scamming other people. It's absolutely absurd. So to answer your question now, it's kind of the point where I will only work with someone if they show me their bank account and show me their business numbers and show me their profits. So like if, if a coach is not that. willing to open up their bank account, yeah. then I will not work with them. So that's first and foremost. And, uh, and next up, the coach is not willing to guarantee results in some way, shape or form. Like obviously if I don't show up and do the work, I'm not going to expect uh, them to guarantee the results. I think that's, that makes sense and it's fair. But um, in all my coaches, I'm expecting that if I show up and do exactly what they say to me and innovate on it, that I get the results that they're promising. So what I'm doing is anyone, anyone at all that wants to look at my bank account for my business, I have no problem showing it. For my first like 50 students, I would literally log into mint.com and show them our bank account. And if they wanted to see <laughs> our chase.com, I would go on chase.com and show them the bank account. And it might seem cocky and it might seem egotistical, but I truly believe that's doing the right thing because the moral thing to do is to give your students the trust that they need so that they really feel like they can believe in you. And then they end up taking the action and following the game plan that you lay out for them. And sorry, did you want to jump in? Well, I, I'm just like, you're preaching the, like, I love it. Cause I think like, even if you look at any successful marketing strategy, like if you're trying to grow your business, like social proof, right? Like if you're coaching, like show some proof. And I just love how you're willing to like, you know what? I'll open it up. I'm the real deal. Check it out. And, and to, to build on that, not only am I looking for a coach that has the proof and can guarantee some sort of results, but also I need a coach that's currently, that currently actively is where I want to go. Yeah. Not someone that did it last year, not someone that did it two years ago, someone that's doing it right this second. So for example, in the agency space, there's so many agency coaches helping other entrepreneurs start and grow their marketing agencies. But the problem is they grew a marketing agency two years ago and then went all in on coaching. And yeah. my, what I'm doing is actually the complete opposite. Right now, we're starting multiple marketing agencies, and I'm trying to scale as many to seven figures so that not only am I showing to people, hey, I'm doing exactly what I'm teaching you, but number two, I'm actually putting my money where my mouth is and investing 
my hard hard earned dollars in what I'm trying to teach you to do yourself. So it's the same thing like if you hired a fitness coach. I know this might sound a little savage, but you're not going to hire an obese person to teach you how to get shredded. It's, it's true. It's the it's just, reality, yeah. <laughs> or you're, you're not going to hire a weak person to teach you how to power lift. Yeah. Um, maybe you'll hire like someone that did it, you know, like the sports is different because there's always like that old guy that that's like a tennis genius. Yeah. Or the boxing but, coach that knows the science. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's like a, that's an, an outlier case. And, yeah. uh, for the most part, like when you hire a personal trainer, they're going to be fit. So, yeah, man, I love it. Um, so for you, let me let me rework this here. Let me let me think deeply of this question because I'm trying to make it super valuable for people. So uh, here's what I want to do. I want to get insight. So obviously money is super important to you. Like you've preached it. Knowing that, like, how did your friend group change? How did people close to you at your time, even family members, when you decided like I'm not gonna be like this? Like I'm going for more, and I'm making money my priority. How did that sort of personal friend group, family, like what, how did that change? It's a great question. And then also just to clarify on that money right now is a huge priority, but I'm doing it with a huge intention to really transform people's lives and make a difference. And I I, I just don't want that to get lost in the message. And I know it's like a catch 22 because at the beginning you have to be ruthless about money and when it's when you're at the beginning and you're starting out, it's do or die, and you need to worry about the bottom line, and you need to be extremely self-interested. But as you grow and evolve, and more resources come your way, and you have a team, and you have infrastructure, um, I truly believe that as you gain capital, it's your moral duty to reallocate it in a way that truly helps people and changes the world. So I did want to yeah, touch yeah. on that. But no, it's great. To, to, to answer your question about um, friends... I mean, yeah, I've had like, this is, I guess, getting a little vulnerable, but I just went to dinner with one of my best friends from, uh, from childhood and there's this underlying tension. And I think what happens is, um, just by being an example of someone who really went for it and committed and risked a lot to be the person that they wanted to be and go for something bigger than themselves instantly brings out a lot of people's insecurities that aren't doing that. So this answer might, uh, um, this answer might, you know, piss a few people off, but I've honestly just upgraded my environment and I tend to just hang out with more like-minded people now. And I'm a huge believer in the law of association. So to give you guys an example of what this looks like, yeah, I have my, my friends from, from high school and from college, but really now I spend the vast majority of my time with entrepreneurial friends. I'll, I try to go to at least one conference, um, per quarter. I try to do like an entrepreneurial get together in a major city once a month. So I think when you're starting out and as you grow, it's, you're going to start to distance yourself from, um, your old environment. And I also think that's okay. Like, that's totally fine. And just to share one more thing, that doesn't mean that you have to completely remove your friends. I know Gary Vee is all like, oh, eliminate, eliminate those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, 
you know, I'll still I'll still go out to dinner with my friends. I'll still see them. I still care about them and and respect them as people. But I also understand that they're not going to be the best people to have around me to get to where I want to go. So I just try to balance that. Well, here's the thing, man. Like some people could take that and be like, oh, well, you know, that's. But like I look at it as even an if you look at an athlete, like if we just look at an athlete, like you don't have the same coach when you're a professional athlete as you did when you were 12. Like you don't work out in the same spot when you were an amateur as to when you're a professional. Like things come to you when you get to higher levels, you your environment increases and so you're able to grow more and more and more. So it's not like throw everyone to the wayside. Like they're there, thank them for what they did. Obviously you're respectful, but like when you step up in those new levels, things change naturally because you're playing a different game. Yeah, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll also happen naturally as yep. you grow, and it'll continue to evolve. And maybe the environment that I have right now, when I hit that next level, maybe I'll want to be in more solitude, and maybe that's the environment that I thri- thrive in. And and that's just something that's ever-evolving. Um, that being said, my one of my core beliefs is always be self-interested first um, and then care for others just because – when you are truly taking care of yourself in a non-greedy way, in a non-abusive way, um, when you are really setting up an environment where you can succeed first, everyone around you will succeed. Everything else will change in a positive way. So as long as the people around you when you're starting out aren't holding you back, um, it, you don't have to like let them go and just be like, I'm never talking to that person again. With that in mind, if they're being toxic, and if they're getting in the way of your growth and if they're being disruptive to um, you being able to take care of yourself, then, yeah, I think that's when you can say, well, I'm going to set some boundaries and um, and some some limits on how much I let these people influence my life. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, if people listening, you know, obviously they're going to want to to learn more about you. Where can people find you where can people follow along on your journey where's the best place people can go joel definitely man uh the best place 100 you got to do this it's my only pitch for this podcast go follow me on instagram.com um the username is official joel kaplan so official j-o-e-l-k-a-p-l-a-n at official joel kaplan um there you'll find valuable content all my shenanigans of growing a seven and eight figure business and uh, just my day-to-day life. So Amazing. We'll go ahead and follow Joel on Instagram, official Joel Kaplan. I also have it in the show notes section to make it super simple to find him. But if you type in official Joel Kaplan, you can find him. And now, Joel, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. Definitely, man. Um, I'm going to just start finish with what I started with. Everyone out there, if you're thinking about starting an entrepreneurial journey or maybe you're already an entrepreneur and looking to grow, just keep this in mind. It is about making money and making a difference. They are mutually beneficial. The more finances, the more resources that you have, the more you'll be able to impact the world. But without an open heart, without the positive intentions, then the money doesn't really go far. So uh, focus on making making a difference and you're on your way to massive success 
And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today making money so you can do good. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Joel Kaplan. Joel, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and dropping some knowledge here on the show with us today. Thank you so much, man. I wish I could ask you some questions. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> anytime, man. Ask, ask away. And everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Share this out with a friend. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.